Hi. Okay. <laughs> so I literally used to be anxious 80, 90% of the time. I wasn't able to be in a romantic relationship, at least in person, for like more than five or six months. And I was kind of in this perpetual state of burnout until I found this somatic, these somatic tools. I started applying them to my own life. They were so life-changing that I got certified in it. And I'm kind of obsessed because now, you know, I'm probably still anxious 20, 30% of the time, but I I know what to do and my capacity to feel it and not get overwhelmed is just so different. Um, I'm in a 2.5 plus and counting amazing romantic relationship. I still sometimes go into burnout, but it's so much less like somatics fucking changed my life. <laughs> so I'm obsessed with it and I'm an evangelist. I even when I like before I was certified, I was like telling everyone to go do core energetics, which is the kind of somatics I'm certified in. And I want to get it into the hands of as many people as possible because it was so life-changing for me. So the program I studied in is a four-year program and still exists. There's one in New York. There's one that I get to teach in and help out at in Montreal, the Montreal Institute of Core Energetics. But for coaches, healers, therapists, folks who want to add some advanced somatic tools to your repertoire, but you don't necessarily want to do a a full year, a four-year program, I am introducing the Advanced Somatic Technique Certification. (laughs) Um, It's a six-month program where you'll learn these tools, you'll, you'll get them into your own cells, because the best way to learn these techniques is to get them into your own cells, but you'll also learn how to apply them for clients, they're super effective for anxiety. You can even work with trauma without talking about the trauma um, because it's stored in our cells and our nervous system. So you will get everything you need to start using them with your clients. So if you're interested in that, be sure to head over to brinbamber.com and you'll learn everything you need to know. Okay. Sending you all the best vibes, and let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Trauma-Informed Witch Podcast, where we'll talk about patriarchy, mental health, creating money and abundance, and how to live a life that feels rich and that is rich. Let's go. Hi, everybody. I am super excited to have Serena Hicks on the podcast. And Serena, you don't, you maybe don't know this, but I am like a fan of yours. I've been like reading about you and hearing about you for, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if it's been years, but at least months, like following your story. And so I was super excited when I found out you were in the mastermind where Serena and I are in a mastermind together. I was like, oh my God, I'm a fan. I get to meet her. <laughs> I'm so flattered. I did not know. And I am so honored to be in the Sovereign Business Mastermind with you. Yeah. Likewise. Um, yeah. So for everyone who doesn't know you, who isn't already fangirl like me, why don't you tell them a little bit about who you are, what you do, who you help, all the things. Okay. Hi, y'all. I'm Serena Hicks. I'm super excited to be talking with you and to be on your podcast. Thank you for asking me to come and share um, my story. I think the relevant bits are that I am a biracial business coach who talks about big, happy money. So the specifics are I'm half black and half white. I grew up in Texas. Um, I'm a direct descendant of formerly enslaved people. I also like to acknowledge that 
Um, I am the daughter of a very beautiful white woman, so I also grew up with great white privilege. There's definitely something different about when being the daughter of Susan. I am my mother's daughter. I am my father's daughter. Um, mm -hmm. And I am delighted for all of that at this point in my life. Um, I always had just enough money, and I love talking about money. I never thought I'd talk money mindset. Like, that still cracks me up. Um, I honestly just figured it out around November of last year, 2020, is when it started to occur to me, like, this connects all the dots of all of the things that are valuable to me, like social justice and racial equality and, you know, effectively burning down the patriarchy from and with love, not necessarily raging against it, which ultimately perpetuates it, mm -hmm. but like dismantling as in, hi, hard opt out. I refuse to play this game. And, um, and yeah, I, I mostly struggled financially despite resources that I was unwilling to receive, which I find is very often the case. It's a matter of people often don't want to leave their comfort zone to use those resources. You couldn't have told me this years ago, by the way. Um, and um, yeah, I was basically 40. Well, I was 40. When my big brother passed away, he was 47. And for me, that was a major reckoning. Um, I'd just been pushed out of the corporate job that I knew I should have left, but I didn't because I was scared because that's how we roll sometimes. So I was unceremoniously pushed out without severance. And um, big brother died a couple weeks later. And I was oh. basically chilling by myself, crying all day, every day in my studio apartment with my two cats as a perpetually single 40-year-old woman. And I cashed in my 401k, which was not significant because I freelanced the first 10, 15 years of my career. And so I had literally a few weeks, not a month, of money left and again, two mm. cats and no proof of employment. And I ultimately had a friend who was like, oh, my boyfriend wants to hire you to help with social media. And I realized I was terrified to charge him. And for mm. me, that was an aha moment because I was like, oh, I don't like to charge anyone in my circle. This was my friend's boyfriend y'all pay attention. This was not like my bestie. This is my friend's boyfriend. And I was like, this is why I don't have money. I right. don't want to receive money. I want to help everyone. Even when I'm barely getting by, if even I'm over here worried about being a helper as opposed to being sustained and being supported and being fundamentally well. And so I literally remember Googling late one night, like, how do I charge for my services? And I ended up on a coach's website who fast forward, I ended up hiring and it was the beginning of exactly everything for me that was in 2018 so as you and i are having this conversation i went from absolute dead broke to ooh, i think i'm gonna cross seven figures this calendar year ah! this calendar year 2021 in three years yes! phenomenal and i love to share my story because at that time i literally survived on insp what i call inspirational porn yeah like i i I, I survived hearing other people's stories and just thinking if they could do it, maybe I could too. Like mm -hmm. it was the life raft I clung to on my sea of despair. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I like to share. Yeah. I love, I love that. So, so if someone is in that place, maybe, maybe they're in the exact same place of I couldn't charge at all, or maybe they're in a place of, they're charging, but it's mm -hmm. timid. It's not enough. It's not actual ownership charging. Yeah. Like what, what helped you? What did you learn from that coach or what have you learned since then about charging? What I, what I learned from that coach was that money is not something what she was ironically, you guys, I'm some, I'm not the fastest learner. She was a money mindset mentor. So what I really learned from her um, was it has so much to do with aligning energetically with the energy of money, money mm. and not worthiness or earning it or white knuckling, struggling it. And so I'm going to pair that with what I started to apply. So my, my career, my professional career started when I dropped out of college. I eventually went back and finished, but I got a job on election coverage for MTV news. So <laughs> I ultimately started as a journalist. Yeah. I wasn't on camera, but like in a news department that we took ourselves and getting it right very seriously. And so I started to like use those skills to piece together. And it was like, oh, me not having enough money, me, you know, charging just enough, just enough. A is not ultimately highest value to my clients. At the time I was working as a social media marketer and helping people with their communications as a consultant because remember, lost the job. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just using that skill, just being, a, you know, 10,000 for three months. And I was just blowing it out of the water for small businesses. And 
by the way, that's so not enough money for what I was doing. But at that time, mm-hmm. it seemed like a billion dollars to charge 10K for three months. So I was right. But it was a strong start, but it was not enough truly for the hours I put into it. But I started to realize like, okay, but if I'm charging not enough to cover my bills, then my clients are only getting at best half of my brain because the other half of my brain is always worrying about what bills right. I can pay, what bills I can't pay, who, what, borrow, sell more. And so that's when I ultimately... About a year later, I decided to just do coaching because I flipped into, um, I'd seen people with success intolerance. I, you know, they'd hire me, I would mm-hmm. do a thing, their business would start to boom and they'd start self-sabotaging. But because right. it wasn't a coaching relationship, right, right, right. you know, they were like, you couldn't do anything. Yeah. Correct. So I was like, nonsense. I'm going to be a coach at the end. I only want to work with people who want to work through self-sabotage moments. But right. like, I started without a certification. Granted, I was working with a coach, had worked with a coach, had been consuming self-help for years, feel like I'm an excellent teacher, but I started at 5K for six months. And mm-hmm. because my, my monthly, if you will, basically after 4,500, I could figure out if I was eating that month and there was mm-hmm. no safety net. So I was like, okay, I need to align and bring myself to the level of 5k service provider is a steal and then i need to go find the clients who a 5k investment is not a problem so i want to slow that down and repeat that back i Mm -hmm. elevated my self-concept and you know the value of what i was doing i did the work to make sure i was a steal at 5k and Mm -hmm. i found the clients who that wasn't a crisis I wasn't trying to talk to clients who literally didn't, couldn't, or wouldn't want to invest at the 5K level. And the reason I decided to put all that energy into all of that is I realized it was by far the most efficient. I realized if I got a job at Nordstrom, where I've worked before as a shop girl, I would come up <laughs> $1,000 short before I could even figure out food. I realized right. that if I tried to get a corporate job again, having been pushed out, I would probably spend four or five months living at my parents' house, ultimately to make just enough to get by again. So it was a matter of efficiency. like. If I spend 50 hours a week for the next three weeks, someone somewhere is a hell yes at 5K if I am showing up in my 5K energy. So it was about sustainability, meaning I I wanted to burn bright, not burn out. And I knew that, you know, if I was like, I'll just charge a thousand dollars and, you know, exhaust myself and need to sign five clients, which means I'll spend all of my months looking for my next clients, not taking care right. of my clients. So I was like, if I get one client at 5k, I can be devoted to them and sure as shit, I can get at least one every month. And that's, that's it. It was an efficiency game. And I would invite any client listening to think of it that way. And for anyone who might be listening, being like, but I don't need money. I would offer, it is not actually about money. Right. It is about us standing in our inherent value and worthiness, which is anti-patriarchal AF. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. us getting paid for our ideas and the value that we can bring and not being like, I don't need money, which I often find is really just fancy words for, I'm trusting so-and-so will take care of me, which is really mm. sweet and I enjoy trust, but I also would offer it's not always responsible. It's yeah, it's funny. I so I part of my story is I burnt out when I was like 22. Mm-hmm. And because I was, you know, over giving over functioning over every, you know, working overtime at my nonprofit job that paid, mm-hmm. you know, Nothing. nonprofit money. Yeah. yeah. And um, I moved to an ashram for two years. And that was my first well it wasn't you know when I moved I wasn't like I'm moving here for two years I was like I'll go for a month and see what it's like but I extended 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 this is amazing by the way I love you're like I'll go for a month okay 24 anyway (laughs) it's amazing yeah I mean I knew I potentially wanted to go there longer term but I started with a month commitment because I was like you know I I didn't know what the vibe was going to be but I that was the my first self real like big self-help thing or Mm. spiritual journey thing all all of the things and um I was in a in a so it's very dear to my heart and it it changed my life in so many ways and you know it was amazing and this summer I was at a workshop an online workshop with one of the swamis from the ashram so this woman who I know very well and and care about from my time there 
And I was working on um, money stuff in the workshop. The workshop was on like transitions or something, you know, like some like nebulous thing where you can kind of talk about whatever you want or Mm -hmm. see how it applies to you. But I was working on money and and raising my prices and all of Mm -hmm. those things. And so I was sharing about it. And one of the things that she shared that was really impactful to me and and also like there was like it was like surprising in a way that I don't think it should be but but it was so so the founder of this ashram passed away in 95 her name is Swami Radha and anyway she was amazing and I've read so many of her books and she's like the founder of this lineage of she's a woman so it's the yogic teachings but from a female perspective and and she was German, so it's like she studied wow. in India with Swami Shivananda, but then she like put it for a Western mind, like she mm-hmm. translated it. So, anyways, she's amazing. And what uh, the Swami at the workshop told me was that Swami Radha really thought it was important for women to have money. Wow. It was one of her. Mm-hmm. It was one of her, we're both tearing up, anyone listening mm-hmm. on the audio, you can't see, mm-hmm. but um, it was one of her, her missions in life for women to be independent, for yes. women to have money. And I think in my brain, there was some sort of disconnect of if you're spiritual, you don't need money or you don't yeah. think about money. Mm-mm. And, you know, Simone Soul, who's the amazing leader of our mastermind, was talking this about this last night on our call that, like, money, it, it, it can be a huge part of your spiritual life. It is for me. It's yeah. literally how big, happy money came to me. For me. Tell me. Tell, tell yeah. us all. Okay. So for me, I believe money is a tool for transformation. Right. Just a tool. It is neutral right. like fire and water. Fire and water can do <laughs> horrible things and kill people, unfortunately. Right. It many a natural disaster. And right. we need water to stay alive and be nourished. Fire heats our food, keeps our houses warm. So fire is not inherently good or bad. Water is not inherently good or bad. Money, including debt, is not inherently good or bad. It is right. a tool. And that's that's like... Okay, so I had full body chills when you said what you just said, because I'm like, yeah, for me, money is spiritual. It is not to be confused with the divine. It is not to be worshipped. I just want to make that so clear. It is only a tool. Right. But it allows, okay, so one of my thoughts, because we were talking about intentional thoughts, one of my favorites is that money moves to me and works through me. Yeah. Another way to say that, another one of my thoughts, I heard that Prince, I'm a fan, um, (laughs) used to say this, I am an instrument for increase in others. Uh. I fundamentally believe that coming and going. So for my clients who hire me, I'm not confused. I know that I get to be used as an instrument. Like I am a vessel that the divine is working through, not I am divine. We're each divine. We have sparks of divine. I'm not suggesting I am the, that's not it. But I'm like the divine gets to work through me. When someone hires me every time I hire a coach, I get to learn through them and not just I'm an instrument for increase in others when clients hire me, but also like, um, I decided to get my hair blown out yesterday. Easy for someone to be like, Oh, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. I got to tip the person who did it. The company Mm -hmm. that pays like made money Mm -hmm. when I ordered my salad lunch, people got paid. If I Mm -hmm. go to the supermarket, people get paid. Like every time I spend money, I'm under no delusion that it doesn't matter. I know someone somewhere is getting money to support their business, ideally their sacred work. I Mm -hmm. might even think of my accountant of like 15 years who I've loved fiercely and forever because he's the only accountant I've ever known. Like he is fired up y'all. He is in the business of saving small businesses money. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like it's his sacred work. It's not a joke Mm -hmm. to him. It's not a Mm -hmm. B level job. He's like, I'm here to keep you from overpaying and also from underpaying because I don't want you in jail. So like (laughs) this man is doing his sacred work. And I'm thinking, 
every time I've paid him, it has been with such joy and appreciation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think sometimes people roll their eyes like, I do my own taxes with this major point of pride. And I'm like, I'm very happy to be a part of Ernie doing his sacred work. I'm very happy to be supported by Ernie's tax preparation and, you know, do this, don't do that. And so like for me, big happy money is spiritual. Like, all right, let me say it like this. A Course in Miracles talks all the time about how, and actually a lot of people, I think all of the traditions talk about, um, you don't see the world as it is. You see it as you are. So if you mm-hmm. see attack and fear and lack everywhere you look, it is because that is predominantly what's running around in your brain, your mm-hmm. ego thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that with shame. I can assure you I am working through mine at all times. <laughs> I can assure you. Yeah. But my point is, this is where I'm like, it's like spiritual work. You can't make big, happy money and have your head up your ass. You can't make big, happy money and not be like contributing, adding to this revolution, this anti-patriarchal, intentionally inclusive revolution. You can Mm -hmm. totally hide in plain sight and you can opt out and you can not make big, happy money. That's fine. (laughs) But if you want to make big, happy money, the reason I'm like, it's a fun name, but it's really bait. It is a spiritual experience. It will turn people inside out. It's about showing up and saying the things and being seen as a human, owning their power naming and calling BS on misogyny and racism and all of the systems of oppression, all of which are rooted in scarcity, Mm -hmm. all of which require us to attack Mm -hmm. each other and fear each other in order to survive. So when we turn inside and we're like, "Mm, how do I love myself even more? Because then I can love my sister or my brother even more. How do I forgive myself even more? Because then I can forgive them. How do I trust myself? Because then I can trust them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's funny. On one of Cara Lowenthal's podcast, she talked about like money is neutral, very similar. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't really have the spiritual slant, but I like what she was saying too. She was like, I want there to be money because if there wasn't money, Mm -hmm. all of the people who had apples Mm -hmm. would only eat apples. Mm -hmm. And all of the people who had eggs Mm-hmm. would only eat eggs or if you wanted to trade you'd have to like carry apples everywhere mm-hmm. and so like it's it's this tool and yes it can be used in negative ways and it has yep. been and we've all seen that and it can be used yep in incredibly positive ways and I don't you know I don't even know who gave me the messaging but yeah it was like if you're spiritual you're poor if you're an yeah. activist you're poor nope. like capitalism is bad so let's yeah. opt out yeah but it's like capitalism doesn't go away no when we opt out no that's why it's such an insidious tool of the patriarchy like who who started that who decided money was bad honestly because I don't think it was the people with money but maybe, maybe they told others. Oh, it's I, 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 it's so. Um... I would be. I'm totally curious in the history. Actually, I don't know right. it at this point, but I would be totally curious in where, because I think in so many circles it is like it's. If you want money, you're not spiritual. If you want, which this is where I go back to. It's a tool of oppression. Would that really, if you just take money, because first rule of big happy money is it's not about money. It's never about money. So if you embrace even that, like, oh, if you want money, you're bad. I'm like, oh, if you want to take up space, have power and have, you know, voting power or buying power, you're bad. So if we're being honest, it's really just if you want any form of power, which someone actually commented and we had a nice exchange. It's we're all good. Love on my Instagram this morning, but was like, yeah, power corrupts. Power is bad. I was like, absolutely not. Power is just like money. It's neutral. Or destroys. And yeah, you can use it for whatever you want and think of who benefits by more spiritual people and more inclusive people being like, Ooh, power's bad. I'm not going to touch it. Who benefits Right. all um, of the systems of oppression that are in place. Bezos. Seriously though. Like that's it. It's like the only people who benefit from so many people being like money is not for me. Money is bad or money is not available to me are a lot of the exact same people that were like, Ooh, I do not appreciate how they are functioning. I do not appreciate the choices they're making. And it's it's almost like, um, okay, rem- reminder, I started with election coverage. But I'm always fascinated and horrified when people are like, I refuse to vote. And I'm like, all you're really doing is refusing to even participate, which just means like your choice to not make a decision means other people get to make it for you. Let people get double votes That's it. if you Let's don't be vote. Clear. 
Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not saying voting changes the world magically instantly. I wish it did. It does not. But to opt out or sit out is to be like, someone else gets to decide for me and I'll just be over here complaining. And again, this supports the patriarchy. Criticism is cheap. Complaining is cheap. Changing and creating will turn you inside out on a spiritual level in the best way. And yeah. by creating, I mean, okay, so remember the patriarchy is ultimately built on external authority, no internal authority, no trusting ourselves. Right. And it's built on competition. One has right. to dominate. We have to attack. If you win, I lose. And when I for the opposite of that, big happy money and or spirituality, same, same, mm -hmm. is creative energy, meaning I don't have to do it that way. I get to create a new way. Yeah. Yeah. We get to opt out of shaming each other and blaming each other and criticizing. And we get to be like, oh, I don't like that. I'm going to go ahead and do it different. Yeah. Yeah. And so speaking of shame, mm -hmm. and blame, I want I one of the things I definitely wanted to talk to you about was debt. So can you talk mm -hmm. about your own journey with yes. that? And then what is the big, happy money point of view lens or the yes. spiritual lens on death yes okay so in the world of big happy money per my life and i will give you guys all the details because first thing that i figured out and one of the reasons i've made big happy money is that the patriarchal story of debt is bad and be ashamed if you have debt started when enslaved people were set free in the united states remember because then it was indentured servitude and if oh. you were a sharecropper and like not being cash positive and just think about it let's just think of my i'm a hicks i'm a direct descendant of enslaved people in texas so my people finally late emancipation proclamation juneteenth were set free so now yeah. they have no employment and they have nowhere to live by the way they're going to get arrested if they're quote loitering around town anyone listening who has not seen the documentary 13 by ava duvernay as soon as you're done with this, call in sick to work or take an hour and a half off your job, I'm sorry, your entrepreneurial adventure, and go watch that documentary. The mm -hmm. pipeline to the prison system for black and brown people, it's it's, it's fact. It's not Crazy. Like, no discussion yeah. here. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. you can't live here because you're no longer a slave. But also, if we find you standing around, we're going to arrest you. <laughs> so debt, not having enough money and debt, if uh. you really just trace it back, and I'm just speaking in the United States, but it's true everywhere, is associated with, you know, black and brown people and bad and it's criminalized literally uh. so when I started paying attention to that I was like hard no when I see that this is actively a tool of oppression and also keep in mind black people didn't even have access to the same housing loans yeah until the 60s and then it came with a higher interest rate so they were in debt longer so again I don't care what color you are pay attention debt is demonized so mm -hmm. when I realized that I was like first of all no because mm -hmm. the same people who demonize debt in the media have no problem borrowing half a million from their friend at the country club and starting their business. And fun fact, I don't have a problem with it either. Do that, but no shame is my problem. Right, right, some right, people right. get to do it with no shame, we all get to do it with no shame for the same reason. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that mm -hmm. was a big thing for me when I was like, oh, this is about shame and shame and it's a cultural narrative and shame shuts us down and keeps us small. So mm -hmm. It is a tool for oppression. So if you guys haven't caught on by now, Bernardi knows this. I'm very like rebellious. So once I figured that out, I was like, ah, ah, I am no longer going to be drowning in oceans of shame. Keep in mind, I filed a bankruptcy in 2008, I think for $40,000, which, you know, I make more than that some days now. So mm -hmm. like, oof. So I drowned in shame after I filed in 2008, like gained 30 pounds, fundamentally thought I'll never find the love of my life because once I tell them I filed a bankruptcy, you know, ba -ba 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 -ba. Mm -hmm. and again, Think of how many people, I don't want to make light of it, but how many people, mostly white men I'm talking about, who filed bankruptcies in the business world, it means nothing to them. Right. I remember getting- Right, or they do it under their company or whatever. Well, sure. And my point is, it's it's actually, I did a, I had a small business, um, a dance studio that failed in 2015, and I went to like the local free small business growth, which I don't necessarily recommend, but the one session that was very valuable for me, the only one, by the way, uh -huh. was like a 75-year-old white man who'd you know, been very successful, and he didn't understand my Kickstarter campaign. He didn't understand anything, so we're clear. But the one thing that he did understand that years later, I'm like, that was worth everything, was he was like, you have this shame around your bankruptcy. It doesn't matter. And I remember like being confused and thinking easy for him to say, but now I receive his gift. Exactly. 
He's like, yeah. I know everyone who's filed a bankruptcy at some point building businesses. This isn't interesting. Meanwhile, I'm like, you know, not making eye contact with certain people because I think it's horrible. So when I recognize what debt is and the purpose of feeling shame and who that empowers and who that disempowers, I decided mm-hmm. I was no longer available for it, which was the beginning of a long-term uh, dismantling it. It's not just a one-time decision. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm understanding something about debt from what you're saying is that like, if you look at, you know, oppression, patriarchy, white yes. supremacy, yes. ableism, all the things, yes, the people who have less access to money, correct, are likely going to be the people who are in debt, correct, and also pay the higher interest rates and suffer the thirty-five dollar overdraft fees. Ask me how I know. Yeah, and <laughs> and. And so it's like debt is shameful, but the people who need debt are not the rich white people at the top. So it's like, oh my God, you're blowing, you're breaking my brain in a good way. Even think about renting a car. You have to have a credit card. Yeah. Like it's a federal thing. I think now I Mm -hmm. rented a car recently and there was a whole meltdown with a person at the place. And I remember noticing they were brown and I remember thinking, yeah, what? Like literally you can't have, you cannot use a debit card. You can't use 10,000 on a debit card. And fun fact. You can't bring in cash and be like, here. You cannot. You cannot do a $10,000 hold on debit card, which made me think. So, so let me just use this as an example. I, um, when I paid recently a coach 20K to work with them, um, I have made hundreds of thousands of dollars this year. I'm past half a million this year, which is, you know, shocking and delightful for me. I never made more than a hundred thousand in my previous years, plural Mm -hmm. ever. So. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not just gonna use my debit card for this. I want some points. Long story short, I'm talking to my bank and you know, they're like, you don't actually qualify. Um, you know, we can't get you a credit card. And I'm like, well, first of all, it's not. Oh my, my God. The best part is, so legally they can't talk so much. And I actually really like some people are like, it's cause you're a girl. I'm like, no, I actually really like, cause I talked to the um, manager of the Chase uh-huh, place uh-huh. Um, uh, because he helped me kill some overdraft fees two years ago. So I genuinely, he has seen the difference in my entire universe. Right, and right, I'm right. Like, buddy, not his real name, y'all. I'm like, buddy, but you've seen the hundreds of thousands of dollars that have been in the account this year, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. year. And he's like mm-hmm. blushing and he's like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, and you can't give me a credit card, even though we are talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like there's over six figures cash sitting there and you know I'm about to spend it. And he's like, I can't speak to this because of federal regulations, but I can direct you to our app. And it's like, we had this whole conversation with our eyes where I was like, this is bullshit and you know it. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, do. I agree. I and do. I am reading my script. Yeah. Yes. Because of laws. And y'all have a 708 credit score. I do not own a house. I am unmarried and I do not have a job. Those are the things that disqualified me from getting a credit card from that bank at that time. The credit <sighs> system is set up for you to be married. Read beholden to a man. Uh, have a job. Read beholden to someone else for your income unless they go out of business or change their mind at any time. Right. And to have debt. If I had a mortgage, I would have been, quote, more credit worthy. Y'all sit with that word, credit worthy. It is literally worthiness is being suggested as being tied to your credit. Credit worthiness, my fucking ass. Everybody go make money. Because unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, this isn't a problem for me. And again, it's easy to not have shame when I'm just like, whatever, I'm calling my mother and we're going to use her. Like, so she got. 20,000 points or dollars worth of points, but like mm-hmm. what privilege and uncool if I were by myself, if I didn't have the luxury of a mother, yeah, if your mom passed away or whatever, yeah. or she didn't yeah. have a credit card for yeah. whatever. We're reason. talking about all my privileges. Exactly. Like if I, yeah. if it were just me, then yeah. I just, again, that's $20,000 worth of points, which I think was like 60,000 points. You guys get my point. So here are my thoughts about debt. Debt is neutral. It is our mm. thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. that make it interesting mm-hmm. and you'll see my thoughts about it i'm like this is the patriarchy i reject it debt is a tool for transformation mm-hmm. debt saves lives and creates wealth right that one i had a client one of my first clients actually my very first 5k client who i love fiercely forever um her daughter needed an emergency heart surgery so that was when i realized debt saves lives nobody in her family and they're not particularly well off if you guys want to know sort of stories like Mm -hmm. 
but you know there was no no brain involved when her daughter needed emergency surgery whatever it takes whatever it costs and back to big happy money she's very happy to pay her partial payment to the hospital every month she and her husband are delighted their girl's alive and thriving and growing so right. we get to decide about that debt she loves that debt and always did that debt gives her her baby who's now a preteen so debt mm -hmm. literally can save lives and create wealth. It created my wealth. So I'm gonna interrupt myself because you asked me to share my numbers. About three years ago, I was like $50,000 in debt living at the very end of my 401k. Cute, you guys. That's like 2018. This time, November 2019, I was up to about $70,000 in debt. And huh. I'd made, in the end, in the end of 2019, I made like 50K in coaching. And that was a 25K December. <laughs> So 25K in the first 11 months, 25K in December. And mm -hmm. just so we're clear, just eking by, that's how the 70K in debt. It wasn't that I'd made even major, major coaching investments. It's like, you know, there's a lot, there was a lot of debt and churn. Um, last year in November, so November of 2020, I went from, you guys are right, 50K to 70K. Last year I was up to a solid, just over 100K in debt. Mm -hmm. And I ended that year, same thing. I always like double in December. That's my pattern at 197k in your business you made basically 200 yeah 200 cash collected in 2020 and then okay. i had my neck so december was 110k month so as is my uh, privilege and glory and i want it for everyone I, I tend to double in december and then and in, for all of the people who say you can't sell at christmas time oh, no listen to serena to yes listen to your auntie serena come closer you guys listen this is important everybody loves to buy coaching in december so to Bryn's point, hello, 2019, I had spent, or excuse me, I had made 25K in coaching all year. It was my first year learning coaching um, or selling coaching. And then I sold five 5K packages in December. So that was boom, 25K, 50K a year. And mm -hmm. then in 2020, I had made just, well, 97K. And then just great. 10, what, hey, it's great. It was 11 new clients at 10K. Mm -hmm. I'd never sold 11 clients before in a month, 11 clients at 10K in December. So I ended at 197, 200K. I had my next over six figure month in January. I then decided to pay off basically 100K in debt. Mm -hmm. My credit tanked by 100 points. Because you paid off the debt. Yes. Credit worthiness. Y'all see me rolling my eyes. Credit worthiness. Um, they prefer you have things like a mortgage or right. a car payment or at least 20% rolling on your balances. So what, what actually went wrong is I had like a $30,000, um, what do you call it, consolidation unsecured credit debt thing, you know, see my previous two years. And mm -hmm. it was down to only about, I think it was like 15K. So what I should have done knowing what I know now is just pay $1,000 a month with my pile of cash, nobody cares. Right, right, right. What I did was just pay it off, which closed the account, which lowered my quote available credit, which lowered my quote credit worthiness. Again, right, right, this right. is all a game intended to make people feel unsafe, scared, and shameful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, F it, F it, F it. Um, my other thoughts about debt. Debt allows people to create wealth. I just want to point that out. We know that when it comes to going to college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we know that when we think you know, we're making something up and I'm not here to demonize. I'm really not. But if you think of like, you know, the people we've seen on Dynasty or the country club set, we know that they borrow a few hundred thousand to start the restaurant or to start the whatever. Like we know that. We mm -hmm. know that. That's easy. And yet when it comes to us as women, BIPOC humans, people who don't identify as quote the country club set. And again, no shade to them. I'm not over here being like, that's wrong. I'm saying, let's learn from them. That mm -hmm, mm -hmm. creates wealth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I went to Miguel and there are like multiple, multiple, like so many white men from that school that mm -hmm. I knew in some way or was friends with that have started breweries, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like a bar and they make their own beer too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's all, you know, like the money to start that brewery is coming yeah. from their family, right? Like, yeah. And friends, some of whom will lose it. And they know that. And everyone's okay with that. Yeah. And it's just, inter it's just, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just interesting. And, and anyways, I have no idea what their numbers are and if they're profitable. It's under, and, it's, 
of thousands. We have here in Austin many, many breweries. Austin, Texas, we have breweries. And it's a few hundred thousand dollars. And that is to our point. I, I know neither one of us is suggesting shade or shame towards them. It's just a matter of like their thoughts about it or this is how you do business. And right. And when and when it comes from your family, there's less shame or something than if if this there shouldn't no, I know there shouldn't be, but like yeah. But like, if you have to, you yeah. went into a hundred K debt yep. to get your business off the ground yep. and yep. you feel good about that. And I some people, yeah. and some people yeah. don't, don't feel good about that. Because I think they have not yet. And so I'm so happy we get to talk about this. Cause I think it just literally boils down when you really start applying the critical thinking. It's like, yeah, right? this is. It's just our thoughts about debt and who disproportionately have been told to be ashamed of any debt and to be debt right. Who? You know who and I know who. And that's where I was like, right. uh-huh. we tell, and by we, I mean the media, the images. I'm not just talking about necessarily your parents or your neighbors. Like we all grew up in the same culture that glorifies a very small percentage of people and then tells everyone else, you need to apologize for taking up space, please. And I'm like, we don't have to rage against that. We just get to opt out on the individual personal level. The revolution will not be televised. It will be happening with each of us individually. Like this is you making money, me making money, everyone listening being like, I am going to charge a healthy, fair, sustainable rate for my services, not because it's about money, because it's not about money. It's about rejecting the patriarchal programming. It's about having Money yeah, and money. have and having that tool, the tool of money, and Literally. then you get to use it. Yes. Like one of the one of my favorite current thoughts about money is like I want more money in the hands of heart centered, spiritual, anti racist, yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> feminist yes. Yes. people because yes. it's a tool that yes. can like if I just say I'm going to opt out, I'm going to live in a cabin in the woods and hunt deer or whatever, yeah. like that's great for me. Yeah. yeah. Is that changing oh the God. system? No, you just said that so powerfully and perfectly. There is such privilege baked into, I'm just not going to deal with that. Yeah. Like you just said, like, if I do that, that's great for me, but that won't change the system. And there is such privilege in the ability, if you will, to be like, I just don't need to deal with this. I once had a client not long ago who hired me to make a bunch of money and did to learn about loving and being a part of money and mm-hmm. then fired me for the same reason. And ultimately, this person was entirely content to live on their ex-husband's money and government assistance as needed. And to be crystal clear, I remember thinking, yeah, this is in case you're wondering, this is not a woman of color. This is mm-hmm. the kind of privilege that a mm-hmm. white woman can be like, oh, no, I live on my husband's money. And sometimes I get, you know, mm-hmm. stuff between government. And I'm like, yeah, no, I assure you that is not a woman of color. <laughs> and right. I'm like, what a privilege that you get to complain and point fingers all the time, but you're not actually going to do the like actual transformational work. So what you said, so powerful because of what you said, that won't change systems. It's just, yeah. If we're mad at the system and we want to change it, I mean, this is not, I'm not saying that making a shit ton of money is the only way to change the system. I think there are so many paths to changing the system. And if you, I don't know, having enough money to be able to leave your job. Like my last boss was like the super Trump voter. Do you know how many black people I also worked with? And he's like running around his racist rhetoric. Yeah. But they were beholden to him because they worked at that job and they didn't have quote enough money to, or, knowing how amazing they were to be like, I'm opting out of this. So it's not about like, once you make a million dollars, you're now more valuable, not for an instant money has no. nothing to do no. with inherent worthiness yeah. and value yeah. and ability yeah. to contribute. And there's no magic number that makes us doing it right mm-hmm. or doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely like, yeah, when a person doesn't have either enough money or the ability to make money to leave a toxic business relationship, romantic relationship, family relationship, speak up or speak out. Like if clients say stuff to me that I'm not interested in, I that we just get to part. I'm not like, I need that money for rent though. No, I don't. So that's the freedom that I think you're speaking to. And it's not a number it's, we each have to find our way, but it's like, yeah. And you can be 
100k in debt and have that agency because you you're you're like i'm on this journey and i'm gonna pay off 100k debt in one swoop later yeah but later (laughs) but but we learned to pay that down slowly okay right right (laughs) talk to your talk to your financial advisor and then then pay it all off or pay half of it off or whatever yes yes yes. but you were like I, i think that's one thing because i'm in debt right now and I was in debt I was in about the same amount of debt mm-hmm. two years ago and it's mm-hmm. just my energy is so mm-hmm. like at that point I was like felt totally out of control felt totally mm-hmm. hopeless I know that was feeling. like mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. making ends meet every month you know mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. debt, more, mm-hmm. more debt more you know mm-hmm. like living on this line of credit yep. and and at you know and I and I put on my big girl pants and I, you know, crown, put on my crown and, and I did, you know, and I, whatever, I moved in with roommates. I got a job at a restaurant. I did all the things. Okay. That's important too. You did what it took to support yourself. It's like you prioritize learning how to make money. So yes to moving in. That's, I didn't mention that. Like what ended up working out with my living situation was great, but I was a 40 year old woman with two cats and I was about to move in with a 25 year old kid I'd met on Craigslist right? because it was cheap. Don't think I didn't know people wouldn't be like, people would make fun of me. Yeah. But I remember being like, I don't care. I don't care what it looks like to other people. Like I'm going to learn how to have and grow a sustainable business. So if other people who would no doubt have really enjoyed that, making like they can do whatever they need to do. I don't mm-hmm. care what it looks like to other people. So I love you. Like got a waitress job, like whatever let's go. it took. Let's, let's go. go. Yeah. And now I, yeah. And now I'm in about the same amount of debt more or less. And, but it's just my, I'm just like, Oh no, this is just, I'm just investing. Yes. This is not a problem. Like at that point, it felt like it was a problem. Like I, mm-hmm. I think I did, it was where I was in my journey. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I was in the place where I hate debt, and it's, mm-hmm. it felt we were all even when I'm talking about it, I feel like energy leaking out of my back. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt like this, like drain. Yeah, it felt so bad. And na- and now it's like, for the most part, and don't get me wrong, I mm-hmm. go into shame. There, there, I have moments, but yep. most of the time I can feel like, yeah, I'm investing in myself. Like, yep. like this is, this is smart. I'm making smart decisions. I pay this much a month to pay off the debt. I can totally pay the minute, you know? Yes, pay the, the minimum. The minimum is like yep. totally good. That's actually a really telling thing. I want to show you this. Yeah. So sometimes I have clients who have debt and they're like, I'm totally fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. And they sign like a client. And they're like, I paid off all my debt. And I'm like, notice how you were unwilling to have money and right. unwilling to right? have debt. So I don't think you're as okay with the debt as you think, because in a way, like you've paid that off, but if there's any emergency, you don't have cash. So I'm not saying let's right. hold debt as a hobby, but minimum right. payments mean like I'm feeding, I'm taking care of it. And right. And there are some it. months where I do bigger. Sure. But like if I have a good month, right. But it's like, sure. but it's like, okay, we pay everything. We look at what's left over. What do I yeah. want to do with the leftover money? Do I want to throw a thousand dollars on my debt? Some months I do. If it do I want to put it? in you know i now have like a house down payment account mm-hmm. that has one thousand dollars in it people i'm starting yeah. i decided not to put that on my debt and put mm-hmm. it in my house down payment account because yes. yeah because of the energy because you're holding space literally and figuratively for you're going to buy a house so it's not about how fast that down payment like i think you caught this but i want to make sure your listeners are catching this the reason i was able to pay off 100k in one month which remember don't pay it all off in the same month everyone (laughs) the reason that ultimately happened that wasn't my goal my goal was to make so much big happy money that one day i woke up and realized taking care of my debt wasn't a problem and it wasn't a risk that it was like oh yeah i'm i'm literally looking at you know basically almost 200k in a checking account and um i can go ahead <laughs> like right it wasn't i had 105k in checking and therefore right 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 right, 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 right. Like, 
I can pay this all off and I still have a uh, shocking amount of cash available. Now I choose to pay it off. And that's what I want for everyone. And that's a part of Big Happy Money's, excuse me, Big Happy Money as it, as it pertains to debt. It's like for sure pay that off and for sure plan to pay it off and for sure hit your minimums. But spend 89% of your energy on learning how to make big, happy, right. sustainable, not burn out, burn bright, heart-led money. Yeah. Because the overflow of that result will allow you to take care of debt. The overflow of that result will allow you to donate freely. The overflow of that will allow you to get that house. The overflow will take care, like it will solve for everything else. Yeah. And one, the, one other thing that I want to say about this is like, as women, anyone socialized as a woman, mm -hmm. you were taught to not charge. Mm -hmm. To be a helper. Just help. Be good. Yeah. Be and good to girl. do it for free. And if yep. you charge, you are yep. selfish. Yeah. And if you say no, yeah. you know, if you say no to a coffee date. Yeah. Yeah. You are selfish. Yeah. And if you say no to your partner's emotional, like, yep. if you're socialized a woman, you are the free therapist for everybody, yep. your mm -hmm. partner, your kids, your friends, mm -mm. your parents, mm -hmm. <laughs> you are like the dishwasher. Like there's so many things that we were socialized to do Yes, for free. I, I, I had a, a, you know, I got fired up after a session with a client where she was like, well, I'm not, my husband makes all the money. I'm not contributing. And I was like, you're contributing. I was like, you know how <laughs> yeah. much you would have to pay a surrogate if yes. you didn't have those babies? Yeah. Do you know how much like a private live-in chef costs that makes yeah. like organic yeah. meals that you make? Do you know how much house cleaner, night Cleaning. nurse? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like wet nurse. Household organizer. Those appointments don't make themselves. Those social, like, child house stylists. manager, house yeah. manager. Yeah. So yeah, often the people yeah. socialized as women are the default house manager. And the, so in a heterosexual couple, so often the man is like, yep. well, I did the dishes. And it's like, yeah. oh. but you are holding all the tasks that need to be done. You know how much a dishwasher costs? You pay a dishwasher $15 an hour. You know how much a house manager costs? Yes. 100K. Plus. Yes. This is all the value. I love that you just got like lit up about this. I'm totally with you though. I'm totally with you. And it's like we, what you said, we are socialized to just give these things and to place our value there, which is part of why I love money-making because we reclaim our inherent value and we're like, oh, happy to do X, Y, or Z. Happy to be your therapist. Happy to do whatever. It's going to cost X amount of money. Right. And what's so great for the client is they get to take it more seriously because we take it seriously. We are all- right also socialized to pay attention when we pay for something yeah totally so it's like great we get to give that gift to people in our universe by being like hello this is my price mm -hmm. yeah and the other thing another like insight i had about it was when i was raising my price and going through my own you know worries about that yep um one of the things i realized is that like if i quit mm -hmm. be having my own business and I got a corporate job. Mm -hmm. If I was just like, I need to make more money. So I'm just going to leave this business and I'm going to get a corporate job. The thoughts and feelings people would have about me would be like, I, this is what I'm imagining. I think it's anyways, I, who knows for sure. But I think most people would be like, oh, she has to take care of herself. She has to get a corporate job, you know, like mm -hmm. versus me raising my price. Mm -hmm. It's like. Oh, but she's greedy. No. And that's, that's where I offer everyone listening. We can't point fingers at everyone else and how they're doing the patriarchy wrong. We have to dismantle it in us individually. Right. right. And so you expanding your price required you to expand your concept, not just as a coach, but of your clients and the world and everyone's inherent capability and everyone's sovereign ability to prioritize what is right for them at that time. So anyone who ever wants to be like, oh my God, that's greedy. That's a thought that they can just take with and work with on their own. It yeah. And I obviously had that thought, right? I'm projecting it of on people. Course. So I, so I had it in myself, but yeah, it's like, where does that thought come from? 
and the fact that you worked on that thought is my point. Like we expand our pricing because it requires us to expand. We can never sell something we don't actually believe in ever. Yeah. So it's like we expand because that's our job. We go first. We lead mm -hmm. by example. And then we're able to coach people. And then we do it again and again. Because if we were just like, cool, this is my pricing for the next 75 years. How could we ever coach our clients to also expand? Yeah. I'm yeah. Not really comfy, but you do this. No way. That would be out of integrity. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 When you have to do the things that make you feel a bit nauseous. And repeatedly, because I, same, same. Like, I remember when I was to 10K, y'all, my whole entire college education cost 10K. I was like, what the fuck? I'm not allowed to do this. <laughs> it was like, right? who do I think I am? This is horrible. And I got to work through all of those thoughts in my head. Yeah. All of my fears. Amazing. Okay. Where can people find you if they are fired up, if they love this conversation and your perspective, how do they stay connected? Ways to stay connected. So you can go to my website, which you can go to bighappymoney.com. I'm Serena Woo! Hicks. You can also go to Serena Hicks. It'll just redirect you to Serena Hicks, but it's easy to spell bighappymoney.com. Um, right. And then on Instagram and Facebook. On Facebook, just come to my personal page. I'm not doing a professional page yet. I'm Serena Hicks AF. And mm -hmm. on Instagram, I'm XOXO Serena Hicks. Brent and I are friends. So you can just, you know, Definitely. you can find me that way if you want. But that's that's my whole universe. I just, um, Facebook and Insta are my playgrounds. And I send emails to my list. You can sign up on my webpage. And um, yeah, that's what I got. Oh, I have a mastermind that starts in January of 2021. And I'm opening enrollment. 2022. 2022. Oh, my God. You're right. Thank you for that. So if you're interested, it's a six-month small group. Um, be on my email list or just follow me on the socials, and I open enrollment again on Black Friday. Awesome. Yeah, and for everyone listening, you don't need a professional Facebook page to nope, make. I don't have. Nope. <laughs> I have 500K like, like, or 600K, yeah, whatever you're yeah, at. Yeah, I'm at 750 all in. Sorry, 735K US dollars in the last two years. And so, that's oh, yeah. Delightful yeah. to me. And I think I have like a hundred likes on my quote professional page, which is why I use my personal page. I would rather connect with people and like one day later. Yeah, I'll you'll get you'll get that. there. But yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. So um, this is just another lesson. Serena is just on her personal Facebook and on her Insta and she yep. made she's made yep, seven thirty five USD all in. No ads, just telling people I can help and also y'all I started as a general coach. And then mm -hmm. I talked more about business and then I mm -hmm. realized, you know what, if people hate money, they're not going to be able to receive new clients. And if people hate money, it's probably because they've been socialized to, you know, other people have money because mm -hmm. it's hard to be what, what we don't see for ourselves. And so that's when I was like, I want to talk about money because I want people to really untangle um, so many of the messages that keep us away from it and everyone else who has it getting to make decisions, you know. So, so like, good. Fuck it. Fuck it. Thank you. Well, you blew my mind. You, you, you created some new understanding of debt that I didn't have before. So I'm so glad we dove into that. And I'm sure this is helping so many people. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You guys, I'm giving her my heart sign. I'm like, thank you. My heart is beaming over to you. Thank you so much for letting me talk about this and being a part of your world. Amazing. Okay. Bye, everybody. Talk to you in a few weeks. If you resonated with this episode, I want to offer you a free private one-hour consultation with me. Through doing the deep inner work, my clients have been able to do things like quit the job they hate and land a job they love, or get their first paying clients in their dream business, and if they're a little bit further down the road, double their revenue. They've been able to fall in love and go to bed each night feeling satisfied and accomplished. In the consultation, we'll talk about what your dream looks like, what's getting in the way, and whether working together can help. Email me at brin at brinbamber.com to book.
Okay. Did you love that episode? Did you love everything we talked about? If you did and you want to learn advanced somatic techniques to use with your clients that come from an intersectional feminist lens, this is at least the only somatic certification that I know of that specifically has a component of diversity, equity, inclusion-informed somatics, um, trauma-informed somatics. So you're using these tools in the most helpful way possible for all of your clients. The advanced somatic certification is for you. It's six months. It's specifically for coaches, therapists, healers, EFT, whatever you do. <laughs> um, if you want to add these advanced somatic tools to your toolkit, you have to check it out. You can learn more at brinbamber.com. Somatics is the most life-changing thing I have ever done um, applying these tools to my life. So I am obsessed. I want to get them into your hands. I want to get them to your clients because people need the shit. People need to heal. And these are some pretty deep, profound tools. So brinbamber.com to learn more. Okay. Talk to you next time. Bye.